Uh, Patty and I uh, have been working to help our youngest daughter move to Pinellas County. So we're going to be really rich in love. Our four grandchildren will be uh, close by. She's, uh, our daughter Kimberly has accepted a teaching position at Largo Middle School. So we are just really excited uh, to have them back. But with that means that I had to go to Orlando last week and this coming weekend and the weekend after that to get things ready to, uh, to move. In fact, Patty is there right now helping to pack boxes. Now, if you've ever tried to get a house ready to get it on the market, it's a little, little scary, isn't it? I mean, you look at it, you, you, when you live there, you, you don't see all the projects that have to be done, but, but the minute you know you're vacating the property, it's like, holy moly, I've got stuff to do. So last weekend, I spent time out in the yard trimming stuff that had way overgrown. So I was trimming trees, I was trimming bushes, I was trimming hedges, and, and I was doing a little bit, little bit of this, a little bit of that, and I had squirrel syndrome. Anybody ever had squirrel syndrome? You know, you're, you're working on something and somebody goes, squirrel, and you kind of, and you go over here and you start working over here, squirrel, and you go over here. Well, I couldn't get anything done because I just kept moving from project to project to project. Luckily, a good friend went with me last weekend and, and he handled a lot of the inside projects while I kind of struggled and did my best outside. But you know, the funny thing is, is I found myself unable to finish uh, so I had to refocus, I had to uh, recalibrate, so to speak. I had to block out all the distractions that were around me so that I could actually finish what I had started to do. Well, we, um, I was thinking about life. Life's the same way, isn't it? That we start off in life, and no matter how good or, or bad or whatever it is, we start moving in life, and if we're not careful, we won't finish. And we, we just struggle with that. We're in a series called Surviving the Wilderness. We're in week three. It's been a, a great series so far. And we've been talking about how God leads us out of the wilderness. How, how by God's hand and how by God's grace, you and I, when we feel we're up against the wall, when we feel like we're pitted against the world, when we don't know what to do, whether it's fight or flight, God is the one who delivered us, delivers us out of that. And so as a result, we, we understand that, that we all have emotions, we all have feelings, we all have relationships. And in those emotions and feelings and relationships, we recognize that we bring a lot of baggage with us. So today, we're going to talk about baggage. We're going to talk about life's baggage. We're going to talk about how God frees us from the baggage that we live in life. And I'm hopeful that, that when we complete today, that you'll find the tools that God is providing for us to learn today through the scriptures and through life experiences, how you and I can finish life strong, that we can finish the things that are there. Many of us, we, we repeat old habits. If you've been in a relationship a long time, you become comfortable in that. Uh, but many of us have been in relationships where maybe it hasn't been so blossomy. Maybe it hasn't been so, so great. And if we're not careful, those experiences that we've had in past relationships, whether they're good or whether they're bad, have a tendency to move forward with us. Can I get an amen for that? You agree with that? So those things move forward with us and no matter where we go. So depending upon the source, depending upon um, what happens, depending upon a, an awful lot of things will dictate how our life is shaped. So believe it or not, you and I, our life is shaped by our life's experiences. Let me give you an example. I have a, a dear friend and um, she grew up in a troubled home. Now the trouble was with her mom. 
Her mother was very controlling. Her mother was, was not very loving. Her mother was very demanding. And, and in everything that my friend did in her life growing up with her mom, her mom was constantly telling her what she was not doing correctly. Now, if you've ever lived in an environment like that, you know what, what that's like. And so, so no matter what my friend did, if she would try to do things to please her mom, it was never good enough. And her mother told her day after day after day, it was a failure, it was a failure, and it was a failure. And soon my friend began to believe that, that every relationship that she had in life was going to be the same thing. So what did she do? She withdrew. She became isolated. And she pulled herself away from others. As she grew older, um, she did what most of us do. She got a career. She began to push herself. She began to work really hard. She began to excel in great ways. But the moment that somebody who was a superior over her, somebody who had oversight over her, the moment they became critical of her work, even in a positive way, what did she do? She withdrew into like a clamshell and it closed up tight and she didn't know what to do. You see, it was in those experiences of her life that, that she didn't know what it meant to feel appreciated. She didn't know what it meant to feel to be loved. She didn't know what it meant to actually be affirmed in life. So looking back, as I see my friend's life today and know what her life was way back when, I see that she's not yet finished with portions of her life. And here's what I mean by that. She has not yet identified that it is time to let go of her past. She has not gotten to the point where she realizes that the way to move forward in her future is to let go of her past and to move forward in a healthy way. You see, God has wired us in a specific way. God has wired us in a way that, that we are to see life in a joyful way. God has, has created us out of love. God has created us out of goodness. And when God looked at us, when he looked at Adam and when he looked at Eve, we talked about it two weeks ago, God said about creation, it is very good. And so we learned the importance of that. With God's help, we can work through the patterns. We can work through the hurts. We can work through the things that hold us back in life. And God is the one who has the power to do that. Even when we think that those hurts are so severe, even when we think that those hurts can, can never be taken away, that, that they are just out there, that we can never overcome them, God's promise is that he will prevail. In a very sense, God says, your past and my past no longer has to control our present and it no longer has authority over our future. And today I'm, I'm really hopeful that as we talk about this and as we look in the scriptures, that we are free from those feelings that we have. If hurtful things have, have happened to your heart and you haven't dealt with them, then we learn by what the scriptures say that we hold on to those things. If you've ever been hurt by someone, if you've ever been disappointed by someone, if you've ever been harmed in some way, that hurt just lobs right in your heart. In fact, in the ancient world, they thought that the eyes were not only the windows into a person's soul, but they believed that the heart contained the vast amount of joy and love and hope that existed in a person's life. But if we're not careful, it's those past events that will come and can harm and can rob us because it affects our heart. But God promises that from our heart that all sorts of things will happen. And God says that he can renew our heart. 
God says that, that by his love and by his grace and by, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that God can take whatever hurts that you've had in your life and God can overwhelm you with goodness and love and hope and joy. That whatever those pains are that have been controlling you, whatever has been holding you back, whatever that baggage is, God says, I can get you out of the wilderness. And God's promise can be fulfilled. Solomon was the, the wisest man that the scriptures tell us that ever existed. And he writes in the Proverbs, he says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. So, so how does God get us out of the wilderness? How does God help us to leave our baggage behind? I'm going to give you a couple of tools today. Um, I want you to, to think about those. If, if you've got something that you want to write a note or two, or use your phone in your notes section, whatever is most convenient for you. If you're live streaming with us, take this down because these are important qualities that we need to be able to overcome the baggage that's in our life. The first thing that we've got to do is we've got to agree that we have a problem from our past and we need to confess it. Did you hear me? You have to agree that you have a problem from your past, and you need to confess it. I've seen people with God's help who have overcome some of the most excruciating, painful times of their past. Anything you could ever imagine that was destroying and devastating them, with God's help, they overcame that. Yet no issue is ever going to be what you can overcome until you admit it's there. You see, so, so many of us, we walk through life like the walking wounded. We have been harmed, we have been hurt, we have been put down, but we are unwilling to recognize that for whatever reason. And we think that there's no way out, that there's no hope, and we just want to move forward in life in that woundedness. But God says if we just acknowledge that, that we can be set free. You see, as long as we can say that that happened in my life, that that happened in my past, we are on the next step that step that will free us. You see, God's word for agree in the scriptures, it, it uses the word confess. So confess means to agree. So when we confess, we are agreeing that this has harmed me. When I confess that, when I come before God or come before a Christian friend and I make a confession, I am agreeing that this has happened. To confess Something means that we know it to be true. So if I'm, if I'm confessing to you, I'm acknowledging that this in my life has been holding me back and I know that it's true, whether it's something I've done or something that someone has done to me. If I confess that, it means that it is true and I understand that. When it comes to the baggage that's bothering us, we have to recognize that, that things have gone wrong. Either, either we have taken an action that has caused life to go wrong or someone else has done that. And when we come to God, when we come with another Christian friend and we confess it, we understand that that has happened and affected us very deeply. What do we do then? Well, then we need to get healing and express our grief. Get healing and express our grief. Say the word grief. Grief. So, so grief, grief is really important. If your heart's been broken, then you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable. Now, when you're hurting, when you're harmed, when you feel like you've got that baggage, the last thing you want to do is become vulnerable and let someone else into your life. But you know, as Christians, we are called to do that. We are called to become vulnerable before our holy God. We are called to be vulnerable uh, before our holy brothers and sisters, that we are commanded to be able to do that. And once we are vulnerable, 
Once we begin to express our grief, we can receive the healing that is needed. The Apostle Paul says that we are to weep with those who weep. We are to share in the pain and in the suffering of other people. We are not merely to just watch and look and and observe what's going on in a fellow brother or sister's life. We are to engage inside of that. We are to, with their permission, to come into their life and to surround them with hope and love and encouragement. You see, this is what begins at healing and support. In my friend's case, the moment she began to express what life was like for her growing up, and she did so around other Christian brothers and sisters, she was able to acknowledge the tragedies and the, and the challenge of her life. And those friends who surrounded her were able to validate that those feelings that she had were indeed true. God's process of helping us get finished with pain, hurt, and loss usually involves grieving. We are called to grieve. You know, we, we, had, a, we had a series called, um, yeah, where we called out how to mourn and how to lament and how to grieve, especially as we were dealing with, you know, all of those uh, bundled up pieces of racism in our country, and we were dealing with the COVID-19 virus in its early stages, and, and, and God said, it's time to learn how to lament. So part of grieving is learning how to l- lament. Our, our past losses and hurts can be healed when we allow ourselves to acknowledge them and to grieve them. But here's what happens. Some of us have pride, and I don't mean like we're prideful in a bad way. We just don't want others to know that we've been hurt in our past, and therefore we hold on to this. But the scriptures say that we are called to grieve. Grieving is a critical step in God's process of healing your broken heart. In the scriptures, Solomon, the wisest man, he said it this way. He said it in Ecclesiastes, sorrow is better than laughter. Now, who would conclude that? Sorrow is better than laughter. But Solomon said, for by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made glad. So Solomon says that when you're sad, your heart can become glad. When you're sad, whatever is breaking you can no longer do that, that God will restore joy in your life. And we listen to this and we understand. So, so grieving affords an opportunity. <clears throat> it affords the opportunity of healing. Grieving is not acknowledging that, that you are weak or that you don't have faith. Grieving says that I acknowledge that God is all-powerful and God is the one who can bring healing in my life. And grieving also places us back in Gethsemane with Jesus when the Lord himself in anguished prayer is praying that that cup be lifted from him, that the burden of going to the cross was so great and he was grieving. Grieving helps us to restore our life. Listen, as a side note, here at St. Paul, uh, we have a, a huge grief ministry. In fact, our, our Stephen ministers, um, throughout the year, they put together grief seminars. If you are going through a time of grief in your life, or if you are, are feeling that it's time for you to engage in a process to learn how to let go of your grief, I want to encourage you to go on our website at stpaulumc.org and check out when our next grief share is going to be made available. But I also want you, if you want to, you can email us at church at stpaulumc.org and we can get you some information that can help you through your grief. You see, not only do we need to acknowledge grief, we need to also receive forgiveness. 
We need to receive forgiveness. Many times the, the pain that drags us down is not what's currently happening in our life today. You know, a lot of times we think it's that situational thing of the here and now that's really harming us. But what it is, it's just awakening something that's happened in our past. And because it's happened in our past and we've never reconciled it, we've never grieved over it, we've never repented of it, it's now in our presence and it draws us down. So if you're feeling guilty and if you're feeling ashamed of things that have occurred in your life in your past, God says that it is an opportunity today to bring freedom. That whatever those relationships, whatever those situations were, that God has the power to free you. You see, when we're holding on to that, so many of us, we feel bad and, and we feel unworthy. Have you ever felt unworthy? Unworthy is the kind of feeling where you don't want to go out and be near anybody because you feel so unworthy that, that you don't even want to associate with other, pe with other people because you think that they're going to see the unworthiness in you. And God says, it is time to be freed from that, to tackle life with gusto, to, to let go of your guilt, to release yourself of the shame associated with previous failures and previous shortcomings. Leaving your baggage behind knows, lets you know that you are totally accepted by God, that you are totally forgiven, and that you are totally have been restored. And you see, that kind of love, that kind of forgiveness, that kind of restoration isn't something that, that, that we can do on our own, is it? It's what God does. And it's that same kind of love, it's that same kind of restoration, it's that same kind of forgiveness that God offers to all of us. And God promises, say the word promise, God promises that if we confess whatever that is in our heart holding us back, that God will flee it from us. In fact, the Psalm says he will cast it as far as the east is from the west, and he will remember it no more. As high as the heavens over the earth, the psalmist says, so strong is God's love to those who fear him. And as far as sunrise is from the sunset, he has separated us from our sins. The Apostle John comes back and says, if we admit our sins, a clean breast of them, he won't let us down. He'll be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins, and he will purge us of all wrongdoing. So you see that, that whole forgiveness piece is not only just offering it, but, but more importantly, receiving it. Receiving the forgiveness that God has for you to free you from the baggage that has been holding you back in life. You see, contained in the scriptures and the entire story of the, is the entire story of the fresh start that Jesus accomplished for everyone who wants it. Jesus took all of our guilt. Jesus took all of our shame. Jesus took all of our stuff. That's the S word I'm allowed to use in church, stuff. He took all of that that, that is us and he had it nailed to a cross. And by having it nailed in a cross, he took all of that into himself. And he said, I'm setting you free, that you no longer have to be held back from this. But because of my sacrifice, your guilt and your condemnation can be totally set free. So if you feel bad about anything today, let God take it from you. If you feel like you're holding on to things, understand that God has made a way. God has made a way for all of us to start over. And, and he doesn't just do that once. He does it every day. So every morning that you wake up, every time during the day that you remember, every time you go to bed at night, God is making that way to restore you, to help you to cut the baggage that is behind you. God's promise 
is to allow you to start over and to make a new lease on your life. Confession is also God's way for us to get over the feelings of alienation. That when we confess, we no longer feel alienated. You know, some of us feel like our failures in life are, are what hold us back, that, that, that we just have the big L on our forehead, that everybody thinks we're a loser because we tried something and we failed, or because we, we made a, a, a choice to be in a relationship with a person that later on we found out was the wrong choice. But God says, it's time to receive forgiveness. And because God has forgiven all, God forgives you. Confess our faults, James says to one another, and pray for one another. Pray that you might be healed. You see, it's not only this horizontal, this vertical relationship between us and God, but it's this vertical, it's, it's a horizontal relationship too, that you and I are to pray for each other, that we are to undergird the love and the power of Jesus, that we are the hands, the heart, and the feet of Jesus here on earth, and we are to undergird each other in that way. Here's another way to cut loose from your baggage. You do it not only by being forgiven, you do it by forgiving others. Now this is where it gets a little nasty because a lot of us don't understand the true meaning of forgiveness. A lot of us think that if I'm going to forgive the person who's harmed me, if I'm going to forgive the person who has just, you know, saddled my life and holding me back, that that means that I agree with what they've done. Folks, that is not at all what the definition of forgiveness is. You need to kind of just, I taught you how to flush that last week, remember? You need to flush it. That's not what forgiveness means at all. So, so here's what it looks like. Somebody wrongs you. Now, they wrong you either because they have chosen to wrong you, but people can wrong you because they made a, a commitment to you and they just didn't come through with it, or they promised you something. That, that I was in premarital counseling with a couple recently, and one of the things that they said to me was, I, I hope that I never hurt or disappoint my future spouse. And I looked at him and I said, you can't make that promise. You will always hurt you will always disappoint. Now, whether you choose to do, it's one thing. But you can't make that promise because, because life is what it is. You see, if you're not careful um, and you just allow somebody to keep hurting you and you don't do anything about it, what you do is you start stuffing it down. Okay? Another sense of abuse, I stuff it down. Another sense of disappointment, I stuff it down. Another um, egregious behavior against me, I stuff it down. You know, stuffing it down long enough leads to something I call volcanoing. You know what a volcano does? Ultimately, it does what? It erupts. And some of us have been stuffing. We're, we're like, um, you know, uh, packers. We, we, we're just like packing all of this stuff. Say stuff. Stuff in our heart. We're just packing it and packing it and packing it. And we just don't want to deal with it. And sooner or later, it just is going to make you implode. And it comes out and it erupts. You're, you stuff enough stuff down, that's going to happen. Because of resentment and lack of forgiveness, you're always going to be tied to the offenses that others have committed upon you. So in a very real way, everyone who ever hurt you or anyone who's ever disappointed you are still hurting you today, even though it happened in your past. Some of you have been through marriages that didn't work, and, and it's been years since the divorce, but yet you're still angry. You're still not wanting to forgive. You're still wrestling with it. It's still ruling in your life. 
Some of us have, have lost loved ones and we're angry, whether we're angry at God or we're angry at the doctor or we're angry at the care center or we're angry at COVID-19 or we're angry at a politician. We're stuffing it down. And it's just building and building and building. The baggage that we are holding on to goes from relationship to relationship. I share with couples all the time, if you've been in a divorce, don't come to me and say it's all my spouse's fault. Folks, we all share in that in some capacity. It might be a different thing that we've done, but in some way we're, we're all responsible when things don't work. We can't just point the finger. And God says, I can free you from this. But what we don't want is when we don't deal with it, it becomes a ticking time bomb. And I'll have couples who, who have had a relationship not work and they want to get married again. And we spend a lot of time talking about what happened in your last marriage. What didn't work? Why didn't it work? What is your responsibility in that? Because, because I want to help them to see that they can see a, fu a future of happiness and hope because they're able to let go of the baggage because their new spouse doesn't want that baggage of the old relationship coming forward, do they? They want to be free from that. So listen to me. This, this, is, this is a spiritual cancer. When we don't acknowledge that, when we don't forgive others, it's a spiritual cancer. Things we cannot let go of eat away at us. They eat away at us on the inside. If you know somebody who's been harmed or hurt, you know somebody who's had to deal with some of the blows of life, if they haven't dealt with that baggage, if they haven't let it go, let me, let me ask you, are they a happy person? Usually they're not because they're, they're holding on to this. God remembers our sins no more. God wants us to have a life of joy. He forgives. He doesn't hold a grudge. But you see, forgiving others... We also understand that when we forgive someone, it sets us free. And this is the definition of forgiveness. You're not forgiving the other person of what they've done to you. You're forgiving yourself to be able to not hold on to it anymore. You see, it's about debts and it's about balances. Someone commits a foul against you that now all of a sudden you, you feel that there's a debt involved or there's a foul and you're trying to look forward to justice or you're trying to look forward of wait for the debt to be repaid and you're, and you're pulling it back and forth in your mind. How can I settle this? How can, we, how can I deal with that? They did this to me and it's that debt and it's the stuff that's there. But God says forgiveness is, is not about the future. It's actually about the past. It's about letting go it's about letting go of what has already happened. Letting that person go. Letting that go. Now, some ask the question, when I forgive someone who has committed a foul against me, does that mean that I still need to be their friend? And listen to me. I'm going to tell you, unless they have confessed that they understand what they did, and unless you feel that that relationship can work, certainly if it's a harmful relationship, the answer is no. But you don't have to be friends. You can just merely shake the dust off your sandals and move on. You see, trust is very important, and we cannot rebuild trust in every relationship, can we? So sometimes we have to just let it go. But as long as we feel like someone owes us, we've tied him or her to the offense committed. And that's why the scriptures use the word forgive, because forgive means to cancel a debt. Cancel a debt. When we forgive, we're saying the person no longer owes us, 
We're releasing that person. We're no longer saying that I'm waiting to figure out how to bring justice upon you. I'm waiting to understand how to enact Hammurabi's code. You know what that is? An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Jesus said, we don't operate under Hammurabi's code, didn't he? So that's the, the importance of there. However, we hold the grudge and, and we're always in a mode of punishment. So when we're holding grudges, it's not hurting the offender, it's hurting us. Forgiveness frees us in both directions. It frees us from having to try to collect something that we'll never ever be able to collect. And it frees us from having to seek justice when we don't have the authority to bring justice upon anybody. God leads us out of the wilderness. God is the authority on this. God is the one who sets us free. Here's the last one. See the new you through new eyes. So God has led us out of the wilderness. So see the new you through new eyes. Any kind of baggage we carry around is the view of ourselves that we've learned from past relationships. And this is why when you meet somebody new, when you make a new friend, you're all excited. Why? Because that person sees you as the person God created. They don't see you like the person who harmed you. And you begin to see yourself through their eyes, through, through a freshness of what they bring. And that's why people blossom in new relationships. That's why they blossom in new friendships, because God is helping them to see something that is very powerful. I wanna bring up a visual here. And this is probably the best visual that I can give on how God frees us from our baggage. Don't worry, I'm a trained professional. This is not gonna hurt you. If the scriptures tell us anything, they tell believers that God has the power to set you free. If you believe that, say amen. That God has the power to set you free. You see, God does not want you holding on to your past. So, so this brick is your past, okay? You see this brick? It's your past. Now, if you understand, you, which is the balloon, you're tethered to the past. You can't get free. No matter where you go or what you do, as long as you're holding on to your past, as long as you are trying this on your own, this is what life's gonna look like. You see, God says, I'm the one who has the power. Trust me, these scissors are God. And God says, your past is gone. And guess what? Hey, look, it, it worked. It's supposed to go up there. That's a good thing. Let's give the Lord a praise offering on that. <laughs> so that way it doesn't like ruin the surprise at the next service. But you see, you see though, you leave behind your past and God has set you free. God wants to do that for you. Listen, I know most of you very intimately. I know what's going on in your families. I know what's happened in your life. I know the hurts and the habits and, and the challenges that you've had. And, and let me just tell you, everything that I know consistently with what the scripture says is that God has the power to set you free. Today is a day to do that. Whether it's you or whether it's your children or whether it's an ex-spouse or whether it's a friend, let them know they no longer have to be prisoners of their past. So listen, um, in normal circumstances, today would have been a great day to anoint, where we would anoint each other with oil, but you know, with, with, with COVID, I can't do that right now. But here's what I want to do. Um, I want you to just 
work with me. Remember in church that we're in a safe place. Those of you that are watching via live stream, your home is a safe place. So I want everybody to stand up for a second. At home, um, listen, I know you're probably, you know, sitting in bed with your jammies watching, and that's okay, I get that. But I want you to get out of bed or wherever you might be, and I want you to stand up. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to trust your brothers and sisters in this room. These are people who are believers just like you, and they are part of your family, okay? So if there is something in your life that is holding you back because of the past, whatever it might be, if you have a brick holding you down, would you sit down? If there's a brick that's holding, whatever it might be, if something is holding you back from living life the way that God wants, trust us enough to sit down. We're not pointing fingers and looking around the room going like, what's going on there? We're not doing that. What we're doing is we're recognizing that today you need the grace of Jesus Christ. That you need Christ to come bring healing in your life. At home, those of you that are sitting, understand this, that we are a church of love and a church of compassion. And we're praying for you. If you want to just help us with a chat, if, if, you just, if you need it right now, help us to know, just, just say prayer. Just chat the word prayer, and that tells us that we need to pray for you. I'm not interested in having you confess what's happened, but only the fact of you to acknowledge that you have a brick holding you down, and you want the power of Jesus Christ to set you free. Now, all of you, I want you to do, a, if you'll turn around and, and kind of look through the room, just, just turn around and look through the room, and I want you to put out a hand like this, like we're going to pray, okay? This is how we're going to lay hands on each other. Those of you that are sitting, I want you to receive this prayer of healing, okay? Lord God, we understand that life is full of challenges. Life is full of triumphs, but it's also full of tragedies. So God, we come to the one who is the healer of all, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who took the mud and placed it upon the blind man's eyes and said, go wash and you will see. The one who called his friend Lazarus out of the tomb after he had been dead for three days and said, Lazarus, come out, you are alive. The same Jesus Christ who went to the cross on our behalf, that as his body was riddled with pain so that our souls could be made free. God, in the healing power of Jesus Christ, I commend my brothers and sisters who are seated today, here in the room and at home, into your hands of healing and hope. God, help us to call out names in our minds or in whispers of those that we know today that are in need. We want to include them. And may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be in you always. You are set free. Leave your baggage behind and walk forward into the light of Christ. Amen and amen.